Welcome back to the Prophetic Collective, a podcast that is all about living a prophetic life wherever God has placed you. Thanks for joining us on our brand new Spiritual Practices Collection, where we, as a prophetic community, learn about a number of ancient spiritual practices that will deepen your intimacy with Jesus. Thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast. It helps us to reach more people and equip them to live life confidently, hearing God's voice for themselves in their ordinary, everyday lives. Make sure you share these episodes on social media using the hashtag Prophetic Collective and tagging at Stacey Hillier so we can connect in prophetic community. Enjoy today's episode of the Prophetic Collective. and welcome back to episode four of our Spiritual Practices Collection. So far, we have looked at Lectio Divina, Ignatian Meditation, Stillness and Silence, probably the hardest one. And last week, we looked at some breath prayers. So if you've missed any of those, make sure you go back and have a listen because I've tried to structure this collection in a way where each one builds on the next one. And you will need some of those previous practices for the ones that I'm going to teach you today. Now, next week, we're going to finish this collection by looking at imagination practices and visionary encounters, which is exciting because I'm going to share with you some of the visionary encounters that I've had with Jesus. And then we're going to move on to a brand new collection all about dreams. Woohoo! So thank you so much for joining with me and for sharing this on social media. Every person you share this with has people they share it with, which means that ways to encounter Jesus are being discovered and shared. And nothing makes me happier than people finding new ways to experience God. Also, when you rate and review the podcast, it helps us to reach more people that aren't within our circles of influence. And I'm really believing that this will help many, many people, not because of my eloquence or my knowledge, but because it's straight Bible fire. Come on. So this whole collection is taught upon the foundation that prophetic people are living lives of intimacy and that we love discovering new ways to dig deep wells of intimacy. These practices so far have been all about listening to Jesus before we speak for Jesus. That can be one of the pitfalls of the prophetic, right? But by definition, we have to receive the revelation before we can report it. And so today's practices are in the same vein. They are about becoming more like Christ and reflecting on our life and about our ability to stay in God's presence as we go about our everyday ordinary life, which is how Eugene Peterson paraphrases Romans 12, 1 to 2. Now, I want to start today with a story that is told by Parker Palmer in his book, A Hidden Wholeness. He describes how farmers in the Midwest of America prepare for blizzards by tying a rope from the back door of their house out to the barn as a guide to ensure they can return safely home. Now, these blizzards that hit this area of America often come very quickly without much notice and they are fierce and they are extremely dangerous. And when the blizzards are at its peak, a farmer can find it difficult to even see the end of their hand right in front of their face. And there have been many deaths in these blizzards as blinded, disoriented farmers freeze to death, getting lost 
often in their own back or front yards, walking in circles until their bodies can no longer cope with the cold. And if they lose their grip on this rope, finding their way home can be near impossible. And sadly, some of these farmers freeze to death within a few feet of their own front door without realising how close they were to safety. Now, to this day, this rope practice is used in Canada, in the Great Plains of the US and in other places where blizzards come suddenly and dangerously. So they tie one end of a long rope to their house and they grasp the other end firmly. Well, what does this have to do with spiritual practices? Well, you're prophetic, so you've probably already put it together. In fact, you probably dreamt it last week. Many of us are living a life where we have lost our way spiritually with the blizzard of life swirling around us. Pete Scazzaro says, Blizzards begin when we say yes to too many things. Between demands from work and family, our lives fall somewhere between full and overflowing. We multitask so much that we are unaware we are doing three things at once. We admire people who are able to accomplish so much in so little time. They are our role models. Add to this the storms and trials of life that blow into our lives unexpectedly and catch us off guard. And we wonder why so many of us are disoriented and confused. We need a rope to lead us home. Isn't that beautiful? And this is what spiritual practices are all about. They are a rope to lead us home in an overscheduled, overly busy and full life. Many of us fail spiritually just a few feet from the finish line, a few feet from home. We've seen this so much in the church lately, and I don't pretend to have all of the answers, but I do offer this. One of the contributors is that we simply do not create room for, avoid or foster practices in our lives that allow us to be deep thinking, spiritually transformed, alive, refined, obedient disciples of Christ. So today, let's look at two more of these practices. And I want to talk to you as prophetic people for a moment. An overscheduled, crowded, disordered life and heart will kill the prophetic in you. Hearing the voice of God requires time, it requires space. It requires intention. Hearing the voice of God requires unhurried time in his word and in his presence. So let's look at two more pathways that lead to this kind of slowed down, deep and fulfilling intimacy together now. I do want to say here, I'm giving you so many practices, I don't expect you to be able to do them all at once. I'm trying to give you a smorgasbord, a buffet, a buffet, so that you can choose which one works for you. So we're going to start today with the daily office. Now, the term daily office is sometimes also called fixed hour prayer, the divine office, or the liturgy of the hours. And it's different than our quiet time or our devotional time. It's an addition to. And the foundation of the daily office is not getting something from God. You know how we often approach our devotional life or our quiet time as I'm getting filled up for my day. Well, this isn't about being filled up. This is simply about being with God. Now, the word office comes from the Latin word opus, which means work. And so for the early church, the daily office was the work of God, which was a priority that was not to be interfered with. Now, many monks pray and use the daily office seven times a day, middle of the night, pre-dawn, first hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, and the denying hour, finally, before bed. Gee, the denying hour sounds exciting, doesn't it? (laughs) 
And during this time, they sing and meditate on Psalms. They actually make their way through all 150 Psalms each week and spend time in silence. Can you imagine what kind of spiritual houses their lives become, working their way, meditating, singing their way through 150, all of them, Psalms every week? David prayed seven times a day. Daniel prayed three times a day. Devout Jews in Jesus's time prayed two to three times a day. And there are many other patterns that echo a daily office throughout scripture. And in AD 525, Benedict put some structure around eight daily offices, which became known as the rule of St. Benedict. You should look into it. It's actually awesome. And this became one of the most powerful documents shaping the Western world as we know it. Look into that, the rule of St. Benedict. The goal has always been the same. No matter how many times we practice the daily office, whether it's three, two, eight, seven, the goal is the same, to create a continual, easy and familiar sense of God's presence with us all day and all night. So today I'm going to offer you a version of the daily office that includes three set times because I feel like that's more achievable within our lives, morning, midday and evening, which I hope will help you to live into the sacredness of your life and the friendship that God offers you. And practicing this often, the way I do it when I'm practicing daily office, which I don't do all the time, I do it if I feel like I'm in a particular season where I've let go of rest and I'm falling prey to hurry and I don't do anything well when I'm hurrying. I'm not a good version of myself when I'm hurrying. So I'll try and practice daily office for a week or two if I'm trying to break that habit in my life. And what I do is I just set an alarm on my phone. Midday, I set an alarm, morning and night so that I remember to do this. And what the daily office will do by setting these times throughout our day will help us eliminate the secular and the sacred divide in our lives that is actually non-biblical. And I talked about that in a previous episode in our Worship Is collection when we talked about worship is both and. So what does the daily office look like? Well, we're going to go through four simple steps. Firstly, we stop. Stopping. We stop our activity and we pause simply to be with God. So you do this at midday, you do it morning, you do it at night. I have to acknowledge that this is a step of faith, especially at midday, if you normally have meetings or you're normally running around doing things. But this is a way to trust that God is on the throne and to dethrone anything in our lives that has taken his place. So it might look like like it does for me. If I'm going to practice this, that I have in my calendar something called space, I literally block it out so that no meetings can be booked in that time. And it could be 10 minutes, it could be 30 minutes, just space where I practice making myself aware of God's presence like Brother Lawrence did. And in this step, we give up control and we surrender to his lordship. This step isn't long. It's just stop on your chair. You might have a chair in your office like I do, where you can just sit and it's like a thinking chair and it's a place to just stop. And to just pause and become aware of God's presence, stopping all activity. The second step is centering. This is where we do what we've spoken about many times in this collection so far. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that he is God. Psalm 37.7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So we move into God's presence and we just simply rest there. So we've stopped. We're centering ourselves on the fact that we're in God's presence. And in this step, we let go of tensions, distractions and sensations to rest in God's presence. Now, James Finley offers these tips for this stage of centering. Be attentive and open. Sit still. 
Sit straight so you don't fall asleep. Lol, but not at night. Breathe slowly, deeply and naturally. And close your eyes or lower them to the ground so you're not distracted. I particularly have to do this in my office because I've got glass walls where I can see a lot happening and I'm an observant and easily distractible, oh, squirrel person. So I really do need to close my eyes or lower them to the ground. So there's some tips from James Finley. Be attentive and open, sit still, sit straight, breathe slowly, deeply and naturally, close your eyes or lower them to the ground. And when you find your mind wandering in this centering step, just let your breathing bring you back. As you breathe in, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. As you breathe out, exhale all that is not of him. If you're at work, exhale the stresses of the last meeting. Exhale anxiety and stress. Breathe in peace. You can use the Jesus prayer we learnt last week. Lord Jesus Christ, holding your breath, Son of God, exhaling, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you just stay here for a few minutes. So here you're essentially using a breath prayer to centre. And so you can go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed that. The third step is silence. I'm going to give you a few quotes because silence is hard for us people. Oh, Lord, it's hard. Dallas Willard says, Silence and solitude are the two most radical disciplines of the Christian life. Wow. They are difficult and they are hard. But this is about being absent from people to be present to God. That's the solitude part. And about practicing how to quiet the inner and outer voices to attend to God. Henry Nguyen said, without solitude, it is almost impossible to live a spiritual life. Wow. Think about how many people are attempting to live a spiritual life without any silence and solitude. God spoke to Elijah out of the silence and the solitude, and he will speak to you too. So simply be silent. That's hard for me because it means no music, but God is found in the silence. Amen. The fourth step is scripture. Now, the Psalms are a great place to start here and are the foundation of the original daily office. Think about this. I love this. Jesus himself prayed and sung Psalms. Let that wreck you as you pray them. You are echoing the words of Jesus. Think about the fact that King David wrote and then sang these Psalms. So did Peter, Paul, and the other apostles. They often quoted and meditated, memorized these Psalms. So when we pray them, we're doing what generations before us have done and what generations after us will do. And the Psalms cover every emotion imaginable, and therefore they help us to express our own heart to God. Read a Psalm and use Lectio Divina here. Or you could use Ignatian meditation. That's why I say go back and listen to these other ones, because in this step, you're using some of the previous practices we've learned. You can meditate on one phrase like you can do in Lectio Divina. All the different things we've learned so far, use them here in this step. And be attentive to what Chip Dodd calls the voice of the heart. And that's as simple as it is. It should take you seven to 10 minutes total, three times a day. The goal is living in God's presence. We're stopping, we're centering, we're silent, and we're meditating on scripture. Remember, the goal is to be aware of God and present to him all day long. It's a way to commune with him. And this isn't about God loving you more or you working harder to receive his love. You already have it before you do a thing. This is about being with him for no other motivation than you love him and you love time with him and he loves time with you. So that's the daily office. If you're going to try it, try it for at least seven days and try three times a day. And I suggest morning as you close or enter your devotional time, 
then I suggest midday and then I suggest nighttime, perhaps before dinner or just after dinner before you get too tired. If you've got kids, teach them, involve them in it. At the end of the meal, say, hey, before everyone leaves and and helps clean up, we're going to do the daily office together. All right. Now I'm going to teach you the second practice for today. You can hear even in the tone of my voice. I love this one. This is so good for someone like me who's a feeler and it has all the feels in any given 60 second time block. (laughs) Well, certainly in a day anyway. So this is the practice of examine. You spell that E-X-A-M-E-N, examine. And this is a practice that was developed by Ignatius of Loyola, who lived from 1491 to 1556. Again, think about how many millions of Christians have practiced this before us. I love being part of the global body of Christ, the generational body of Christ. And this is one of the ways that we can do that is examine. Some people call this examine or examine. This is a prayerful reflection of your day. You can use it at any specific period of time to reflect on how you've spent your time and and how you've been Christ-like, but I love to use this to look back over my day, and I do this as my head hits the pillow. And the goal is simple, increase our awareness and attentiveness to the presence of God in our daily life. That's how Pete Scazzaro defines it. So I'm just going to get straight into teaching you this one. I've got five steps for you. Firstly, get in a comfortable position and become still. For me, that's laying in my bed with my head on the pillow. And just simply remind yourself you're in God's presence. Maybe it's while your kids are wrapping up for bedtime, brushing their teeth, whatever. You're just sitting on the stairs or on a chair in your house and just become comfortable and still and just say, I'm in your presence, God. Step two is invite the Holy Spirit to help you review the contents of your day. Simply walk through the events of your day and imagine yourself watching it on fast forward, but with Jesus. And then allow Jesus to hit pause at any moment so that you can reflect. Now, this can get real, real quick. So you're seeking to find the moments in your day. I'm going to give you a few things you're looking for. You're looking for where you were aware of God's presence. Let Jesus hit pause on that. You're looking for where you had an emotional reaction. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Or a response to something that you need to talk to Jesus about, where you reacted to a colleague or a child. What was that really about, Jesus? Talk to me. You're looking for moments where you felt rushed and devoid of God's presence, where you were running ahead or you weren't walking in an easy rhythm of grace. Look for moments where you felt seen and loved by God. Look for moments where you felt answered by God, like where you saw answers to your prayer. Perhaps you prayed in the morning about a meeting like I do. Lord, I'm going to need your help with this meeting today. I'm not quite sure how to lead this person. And then Holy Spirit leads you in the meeting. Become aware. Hit pause. Let Jesus hit pause on that moment where he answered you. Maybe you look out your car window and you see a rainbow like I did yesterday and you go, wow, your promises over my life are yes and amen. You feel answered by God in that moment. And it's something else to look for is where you felt God's leading. Where in the day did you feel God's leading? Let Jesus hit pause on any of those moments. So you're working your way through your morning from the moment you got up to the moment that you're in right now or any period of time really. And you're just reflecting, letting Jesus hit pause. Number three is note anything you may need to do in response to what Jesus examined in you. (laughs) So you're taking an x-ray of your day with Jesus. So if you're anything like me and you reacted to your kids or you reacted instead of responded in a meeting, 
you might need to go, you know what, Lord, I need, I need to apologize to that person. I'm going to do that tomorrow. And you might need to make a little list. Hopefully it's not more than a hundred things that you have to fix tomorrow from your day today, but hey, we all start somewhere. It's all good, right? But you might need to have one conversation. And these things I've done best face-to-face. Don't do them by text so you can sleep well. Just determine in your heart, Lord, help me to do that well tomorrow. Show me what it should look like. Give me the words. You might need to put less meetings in your day tomorrow so you don't rush. So you might make a decision at this step where you're noting anything, I need to actually declutter my day tomorrow. Or you might have encountered that day a person who really looked sad And as Jesus hit pause on that, you might go, you know what, tomorrow I need to make a meal for that person or send them some flowers. And so you're going to note what you're going to do the next day. Number four is pray and ask for grace to be more aware of God's presence and to reflect him in your day tomorrow. How can you be more Christ-like tomorrow based on your reflections of today? You can ask for courage to act on what you need to act on. You're abiding in him in prayer and allowing him to transform your heart and life and lead your steps so that you are really truly becoming more like Jesus every day. And it's hard to do that if we don't reflect on where we missed the mark or where we really nailed it. It's hard to live a refined, renewed, uh, transforming life if we don't ever reflect. So uh, first step, get in a comfortable position, become still. Step two, invite the Holy Spirit to help you review the contents of your day. Step three, note anything you may need to do in response to what Jesus has examined. Step four, pray and ask for grace to be more aware of God's presence and to reflect on him tomorrow. And number five, final step, thank God. Just thank him in prayer for showing you through your day, being present, the moments you recognized him, the moments you didn't. Thank him for the people in your life. Thank him for all the evidence of his work you saw that day. Thank him for his creation you beheld that day. Thank him for where you felt him present. Thank him for where you feel him inviting you to be more aware of him. Thank him for where you can sense his dealings with your heart and your life calling you higher. Just finish with thanksgiving. And that's it. Honestly, this is a reflective practice that's changed a lot for me because reflection is a lost art in today's world. And it leaves us shallow, hollow, and thin spiritually. So why don't you give it a go? That's a really, really simple one. Again, teach it to your kids. Help them to look back over their day as you're putting them to bed and you do your night prayer with them. Teach them how to do examine. Just lead them in a spiritual practice. Put some music on. You can put anything Numa Worship Instrumental on. That was free. Put it on and say, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this space. Take your child by the hand. I take my 16, 18-year-old by the hand. And just lead them through, Holy Spirit, take them through their day. Show them where you were, show them where you weren't. Show them where they pleased your heart, where they fell short and you want to help transform them. You want to forgive them. Show them their dealings with other people and help them be more like Jesus and just lead them through the practice and then get them to pray a prayer of thanksgiving and help for tomorrow. So that's the daily office and that's examine. And I hope these are helpful to you and that you discover rich treasures in Jesus and become more Christ-like through these practices. So that's it for me today. Much love and thanks to you for listening again. I appreciate you giving me your time and your ear. There's one more episode in this collection before we look at one of God's main tools of communication with his people, dreams. Are they biblical? What do I do if I have one? Do they mean something? Is God talking to me? How do I interpret my dreams? And so much more. 
I can't wait to be in your ears next week. Love ya. Did you know that Stacy also has a guided prayer podcast? Contemplative prayer is a rich, deep and rewarding way to encounter Jesus and the scriptures. With instrumental scores written to empower your encounters with Jesus, these prayers are a chance to be still and to step out of the hustle of today's fast-paced world. Available wherever you get your podcasts by searching Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier.